Welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're so excited that you join us today. And wherever you're listening from or whenever you're listening to this, we hope that you are encouraged. And if you ever want to join us in person, you can always join us at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But we love you and we hope that you're encouraged today. I wanted to give you a couple updates really quick before we dive into today's message. We're going to continue our message series called Don't Talk About Money, a series where we talk about money. And so last week we talked about tithing. How many of y'all learned something about tithing last week that you may not know before? See, listen, I learned this stuff before I have to teach it to you. And I'm sitting in my room going, or my office like, dang, this is good. I'm going to teach on this right now. And so uh, I hope that you're learning something. But I wanted to give you some updates on some generosity um, that you guys, I think, need to hear. There's a ministry. I'm going to get a chair. There's a ministry um, right around the corner from here called Grace Place. Have you ever heard of this ministry before? We've talked about it a couple times. They're amazing. They take single moms that don't have a home, and they typically they come out of abusive situations. They come out of situations where they really need some help. <clears throat> and they provide them a place to stay, them and their children. They help them find jobs. They help give them transportation to their jobs. They help train them. They're truly amazing. And so they have this house where all these moms and their kids live for free. And these houses need supplies. They need people to, to pay for these supplies and to, and to do it. So our church spent like almost $1,000 and we bought... I think we can get through most of the year with what we bought them. Y'all throw that picture up. We were able to deliver all these. Our house looked like Sam's Club before we took it all over there. I want y'all to give God a hand. Give yourselves a hand because of your generosity. We're meeting needs right around the corner. I mean, this is literally, you could throw a rock from here and hit this place. And uh, they were so grateful. They, they, we just showed up and surprised them. They had no idea. And uh, that was super, super cool. So thank you for that. The second thing I want to tell you is we have Give a Meal coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. And that's what these bags are that are outside on the info desk. Uh, by the way, if you picked up a bag last week, it will rip when you fill it up. We discovered this and we fixed the problem. We have canvas bags out there now. So if you picked up a paper bag, get you a canvas bag on the way out to replace your paper bag or you will cuss when that thing rips, I promise you, okay? I'm not speaking from experience. I just know how y'all are. I'm joking. Uh, no, it, it will rip on you and it will make you very mad when it happens, okay? So go and, uh, and get you a canvas bag, replace it out there. But also, we had a goal of doing 100 bags for our given meal. We're gonna give away 100 like, things of food to families that need it. And if that keeps going, turn the lights on. I don't care, all right? Uh, I trust you guys. But uh, it, we, we had a goal of 100 bags last week. All but 16 bags were taken from you guys. Come on, give God a hand for that. So what did we do? We upped our goal to 125, baby. Come on, we're going to do it. Uh, our family's doing 10 bags. I know several families, you committed to do 10 bags. And so bags cost about, I would say, between 20 and $25, okay, depending on where you go, when you go. Here's something that we have found. We're having trouble finding pie crust, okay? So let me just tell you right now, there's two pies worth of stuff that you're going to buy for the bags. If you can find graham cracker crust, just get two graham cracker crusts and get two of the pies that go inside the graham cracker crust and just make it work, all right? So you don't need to call us asking what should you do. We trust you. Just make it work. Don't make the bag seem skimpy. If you need to buy two graham, paper ba or graham cracker bags or pies in your bags, get those and just make it work. But you're going to have some trouble finding some pie crust, like traditional pie crust. So 
Does that make sense, everybody? So here's what we need to do. Today, let's get to 125. I think we can do it. And then that'll give us enough time to buy all the turkeys, the milk, the eggs, the stuff that we're buying uh, as a church. And uh, it will really bless our community. And if you haven't signed up to serve for Give a Meal, um, sign up today. There's a QR code on the table out here. Scan it and sign up. You can distribute meals. You can be on the prayer team. Shout out Miss Kim in the back. Come on. You can be on the prayer team and uh, you can be on the team that helps put the turkeys in. You can be on the team that helps direct traffic in our new parking lot back here. Y'all excited? I'm excited to use a new parking lot. And uh, I think it's going to be awesome. So thank you guys for your generosity. Come on, give God one more hand. I think that's amazing. Y'all are amazing. All right. Last week, I got a little help there. Y'all going to, y'all going to hear someone else. I'm going to show a little video of someone else teaching because it's hilarious. And I think y'all going to love it. So last week we started a series called don't talk about money. And we decided, you know what, we're going to talk about money at church because you'll talk about money with everywhere. Anyone else is allowed to talk about money except for church. And as soon as church starts to talk about money, we get nervous and we're like, well, they just want our money. Well, the pastor just wants a new car. The pat, you know, it's like, well, that's not true, okay? And so we decided, what is the, we're going to teach you, what does the Bible actually teach about money? And so we talked last week about the principle of the firstborn, the principle of the first fruits, or most famously known as tithing. And so we talked about what does it mean to actually tithe? A lot of people think it just means 10%. And that's not necessarily untrue, but it's not the whole truth. And so we, we tried to teach you, like, what does the tithe actually look like? And so we looked at this, and it says this. This is on the screen in the back. It says, the clean firstborn had to be sacrificed, and the unclean firstborn had to be redeemed. And so what we learned is that God tells us, give your firstborn to me. Give your first fruits to me. They belong to me. They don't even belong to you. And so we are to return those things to us. And we talked about how we are people that need to be redeemed. And so God gave his firstborn to us so that we could be redeemed. And so we learned that Jesus is actually God's tithe to us. He gave Jesus to us even while we were still sinners, even while we still weren't obeying him. He gave uh, the tithe to us. And so what is the tithe? The tithe is the first portion. Y'all say first. It's the portion given in faith. It's the portion that you give that's consecrated. And when we give that, it redeems the rest. And so it's, and we learned about this. It always requires faith to give first. It always requires faith. If you're giving your tithe after you've paid everything else, you're not truly giving a tithe. You're just giving 10% of your income. But if you give a tithe, you're going to give to God first, and you're going to trust that he's going to bless the rest. Does that make sense? And so it always requires faith to give first. And we also learn that when the first portion is given to God in faith, the rest is redeemed. And so if you want your finances to be redeemed, if you want your resources to be redeemed, you need to give the tithe First, and that's how it works. It says this in Exodus 23 19 The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. So we bring our first portion in faith and we bring it to God's house, we bring it to God's church, we bring it here 
first. We bring it to wherever you call home, wherever your church home is, that's where you bring your tithe. And, uh, and we learned last week, like we don't give it to a missionary. We don't give it to another nonprofit. We don't give it anywhere else. And those things are things we all believe in and things that we help with. But we, the Bible clearly says, hey, bring your tithe to me. Bring it to me through the church. And so that's what we're going to do. And when we get the order wrong, when we, when we uh, get the order out of whack, we learn that we're actually robbing God. The Bible says this. And, and last week we talked about like, that sounds pretty harsh, but here's what the Bible says. Malachi chapter three, it says, will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. This is God talking. But you say, how have we robbed you? And he responds in your tithes and, and offerings or your contributions. You are cursed with a curse for you're robbing me. The whole nation of you bring the full tithe into the storehouse, which the storehouse was ran by the temple. By the way, that's where they would bring it to the temple. The temple would hold uh, the temple would hold the resources, and then they would divvy them out to the people that needed it. And it says, "Thereby put me to the test." So, yeah, you go ahead. He said, "Put me to the test." God is saying, test me in this. If you don't believe me, test me in this. And it says this, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. How many of y'all wanna take that test? Come on now, I'm like, I'm in on that. Like, let me tithe and Lord, I receive the blessing. You know, that's, that's how I view this. And it says this, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. He's saying this, listen, when you give your tithes, when you give your offerings and you bring them to God's house, I will provide for you. I will have, you will have everything that we need. And this is the only time in scripture where God says, test me in this. But notice, it doesn't say this. It doesn't say, hey, tithe so you could be rich. That's not what we're teaching. It doesn't say tithe so you could be, it doesn't say tithes so that you can get all you want. No, no, no. It says tithe and give your offerings and see if there will be no more need. It says, come on, you're, you're not going to, you're, you're going to have more, you're going to have everything that you need, not everything that you want. And so we learned last, this is all reviewed from last week. Last week, we're going to give our first portion of our income, all of our increase, however that comes to you, all of your increase, we're gonna bring it to God's house. And when we do that, it redeems the rest of the 90%. And so this week, we're gonna continue to talk about generosity. We're gonna talk about uh, money. We're gonna talk about a different angle from this, all right? But I wanna remind you, one of our core values here at Oasis Church is this. It's we are outrageously generous. What does that mean? Here's how we define it. We're outrageously generous. We bless others with our blessings. That's what we do. That's what we do at this church. And we expect you to do that too. Like, I want you to be, I want this church to be, and you guys already are, an outrageously generous church. Like, man, I can't believe that little bitty church did that. I can't believe that little bitty church gave away 125 Thanksgiving dinners to the community. I can't believe that church helped out that, the, the organization around the corner, right? Like, I can't believe that we get to be a part of this. Why? Because we're gonna bless others with the blessings that we receive. At Oasis Church, we will always bless others. 
We will always bless others. We will always take care of people that are less fortunate. We will always do our part and be sure that we're gonna be a blessing to others. Some of you have received that blessing before. We typically, uh, pardon my French here, but we typically, when you have COVID at our church, we give you a COVID sucks DoorDash gift card. That's what we call it. And we say, I'm so sorry you got COVID. Have some dinner on us. Many of you have received that before. And why do we do that? Why? Because we wanna bless you. You guys have been a blessing to our church and our church wants to be a blessing to you. But here's something we have to understand about being generous, about giving, is that you can't outgive God. And whenever we give, and whenever we give uh, to the things of God, there's a multiplication factor that happens. God can do more with your finite. God can do more with your 10% than you can do with your 100%. There's a multiplication factor that happens. I don't know anybody in here that wouldn't want to receive God's multiplication factor on their finances and also the blessings that they're able to give others. And sometimes the multiplication happens in our hands. Sometimes it happens outside of our hands. But today we're going to talk about that. We're going to jump around a little bit in the Bible. But I wanted to bring you guys a story that if you grew up in church, if you grew up teaching VBS or you went to VBS, you've heard this story before. And I think it's an awesome, awesome story. And so everybody get your Bible's out, turn to Luke chapter nine, and we're gonna start in verse 12. How many of y'all brought your paper Bible? Come on, let me see them. We did it a few weeks ago. Okay, we got one out here. Beautiful. Huh? What'd she say? Okay. I'm excited. I got mine, even though I'm reading off my iPad here. All right, so we're gonna start in verse 12, and it says this. It says, when the day began to wear away, the 12, and listen, I hope y'all don't feel that way when you come to church. I hope you don't feel like the day is beginning to wear away when you're here, all right? But when the day began to wear away, the 12 disciples came and said to him, hey, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions. For we are in a deserted place here. But Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. So Jesus is teaching. He's teaching 5,000 people. By the way, we'll get to that in a second. And all the disciples are like, hey, people are getting hungry. We should send them away. And Jesus looks at them and says, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men. We refer to this story as the feeding of the... Come on now, the feeding of the 5,000. That's not right. The Bible says there were 5,000 men. Well, back then, they only counted men. They didn't count the women and the children. And per capita around this time, they had like four or five children each, by the way, uh, Jewish families did. And so and let's be conservative and say these families had three kids and they brought their wife. There were about 25,000, at least 25,000 people at this thing. And so Jesus is teaching 25,000 people. He's probably on a hillside so his voice could carry. And he's saying this, and the dude just won't shut up. He won't quit talking. And all of a sudden, the disciples are like, they're hungry. And, and he's like, hey, you give them something to eat. Now, here's what it says in the companion passage in Matthew chapter 14. It says, now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men. And it says, besides women and children. So we do know that there were plenty of women and plenty of children there. So this isn't the feeding of 5,000 people. This is the feeding of 5,000 families. Think about that. This is 5,000 families Jesus is feeding in this. And that's crazy. So let's keep going. Chapter 9, verse 14 in Luke. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit in groups of 50. All right? Make them sit in groups of 50. 
And they did so, and he and made them sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them, and gave them to disciples to set before the multitude. Listen to this. So they all ate and were filled, all twenty five thousand people, at least twenty five thousand people, and twelve baskets of leftovers were taken up by them. Now, there's a lot of theological richness in there. Uh, Jesus actually did this miracle in the region of 12. 12 is a special number in the Bible, and a lot of theologians decide, like, what does this mean? Let me tell you what it means. I think Jesus wanted every single one of these disciples to have a doggy bag to take home. You know what I mean? Because they probably didn't have enough faith to believe that this could happen. And so before we go any further, I wanted to take a second, and I wanted you to hear this story be told by a guy who actually got this message series from. His name's Pastor Robert Morris. You ever heard of Robert Morris before? He is the man. He's great. And he wrote this book right here. And this is where I actually... uh, got this message series from. It's called The Blessed Life. And if you have not read this book, I'm telling you right now, go on Amazon. You should buy it. And so I have a little clip of him telling this part of the story because it's really funny. All right, so you're going to laugh. It it brings it to life in a new way. But before we go there, I wanted to actually give this book away to somebody today. Who has never read this? And you're like, I would actually like to read that. Who would like to do that? Okay, Justin in the back, I got you, brother. I'll bring it to you in a second. But I want you to, this is about a 10-minute long video. It's pretty long, but it goes by like that, all right? You're gonna love hearing this story. So y'all check out this story from Pastor Robert Morris. I want you to think about if you'd never read this in the Bible and you were one of the disciples, okay? I want you to put yourself in that place that day. And you have great worship, and then Jesus gets up to speak, and uh, let's just say it's on a Sunday morning, and so, and normally you end around noon, let's just say, and then noon he's still going. One o'clock he's still going. Two o'clock, still going. I mean, you've already missed the first game. (laughs) Three o'clock, four o'clock, Five o'clock, I'm not exaggerating. If you look back at verse 12, it says, when the day began to wear away. Now, let me tell you what that means in the Greek. In the Greek, that means when the day began to wear away. (laughs) That's Luke writing here. (laughs) Not when it got late, when the day began to wear away. Okay, so in my opinion, I think the disciples formed a little committee. And I think they said something like this. What are we gonna do? I mean, this guy's good, but I mean, I'm telling you, if I don't eat soon, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to die if I don't get something to eat soon. And, and one of them might have said, you know what? I think that's our solution. What's our solution? Let's tell Jesus that the people are getting hungry. <laughs> he cares a lot about the people. Have you noticed that? He doesn't seem to care much about us, but he seems to care a lot about the people. So now imagine that you are the spokesperson. You get elected spokesperson. So see it in your mind's eye. Jesus is up there. He had a, I'm sure he had a podium similar to that. He's up there speaking. Thousands of people, 20, 25,000 people, probably a hillside so his voice could carry, you know, and you have to tell him, you know, the news from the committee, you know. So you, you just, he says, Lord, excuse me. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, 
Um, this has been good. I tell you, this has really been good today, Lord. This is really, this series of messages you're bringing all in one day, really good. Uh, but um, uh, we were talking and, and um, um, we feel like that the people are getting hungry. Now, I could go all night. I was just saying to John, John, I could go all night. I tell you, this is so good. But we're, we're outside of town and the restaurants are about to close. And um, so we, we felt, we feel like that you should um, wrap, wrap it up. <laughs> and Jesus said, okay, let me get this straight. You, y'all are concerned about the people, is that right? That they're hungry. Yes, Lord, it's all about the people. It's all about the people. And then maybe you've never seen this. <laughs> Look at this verse, all right? Look at verse 13. But he said to them, well, then you give them something to eat. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, you and your little group over there, you're concerned about the people. Why don't y'all give them something to eat? Okay. Now you got to report back to the committee. <laughs> That's the hard part. So you go back over and, you know, they say, well, is he going to, uh, did you tell them the people were hungry? I did. I told him that. I said those exact words. I said the people are hungry. Well, is he going to dismiss the service? Well, what did he say? He said for us to give him something to eat. <laughs> what? He said for us to give him something to eat. What? Like, how are we going to do that? And then there's some little kid that snuck back into town during the teaching and he's walking by with a long John Silver set. <laughs> and so the disciples, you know, just grab it, you know, and they open it up. He got the two-piece meal with extra rolls. <laughs> Two pieces of fish, five pieces of bread, right? Okay. And you know, you know, Peter, you know how Peter, Peter probably would just went, just stop it, Peter, stop it. That's all we have. That's all we have. And one of them probably said, that's it. What's it? Let's tell Jesus that this is all we have. We have two pieces of fish, five rolls. Let's tell Jesus this is all we have. And then he'll dismiss the service. Now, if you had never read this in the Bible, I want you to think about this. Doesn't that make sense? Wouldn't you think that? that he would, if you had two pieces of fish and 25,000 people, five rolls, wouldn't you think? Are y'all following me? Okay, so you go, you go back up. Um, Lord, Lord, excuse me, excuse me. You know, a minute ago I was telling you how the people were hungry. I was telling you how good this series is to you know. But um, you, you said, uh, you know, for you know, us to, um, you know, give them something. And we've been working on that. And um, so we, but I want to let you know that all we have, uh, we have two pieces of fish and we have... Um, Almost five rolls. Uh, Peter ate some, and um, so. Um, but but um, th- this is this is all all we have, and so we think that you should just wrap it up. And the Lord said, "Okay, you have two pieces of fish, and I know how Peter is. Almost five rolls. Okay, yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Have them sit down in groups of fifty. Excuse me, um, Lord. Uh, we we don't have a lot of these snack packs." Um, there was a kid walking by. Peter took it from him, Lord. I didn't take it from him. Yeah, no, that's fine. Have him sit down. 
Okay, so now you're having all these people sit down in groups and you've got two fish and are you, see, we read these things in the Bible, but we don't put ourselves in the story. And five pieces of bread, come on. So, so now this is again, this kind of personal opinion here. I'm wondering if they remembered a story in the scripture. I'm wondering if one of them said, hey, I just remembered something. Y'all, y'all remember back in Kings when Elisha fed a hundred men with 20 pieces of bread. And we got someone greater than Elisha. I'll bet that when he prays over it, it's gonna multiply right in front of us. Now here's the reason I say that. Most of us think that's what's happened. That when Jesus prayed over it, it multiplied then. That's not when it multiplied. I want you to look, look very carefully at your Bible. Verse 16, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So I'm just wondering again, I, I like to pick on Peter because I relate to him a lot, you know, but I just wonder if Peter said, here, give me a piece of bread, give me a piece of bread. Here, here, Lord, pray over mine first, pray over mine. Watch, watch, watch what happens when he prays over it, watch. Pray over mine, Lord. So the Lord takes this piece of bread, lifts it up to heaven, and he says, Father, bless this. Breaks it and hands half of it back to Peter. Uh, are you through praying? <laughs> yes, Peter. Now think about the principle. I know the text doesn't say this, but think about the principle. It's blessed. Now go give it away. Peter probably thought, you want to pray some more? (laughs) No, Peter. Now come on, think about this with me. I've blessed it. You don't even understand what I'm trying to tell you, son. I blessed it. Now you just go give it away and see what happens. Personally, I think Peter went up to the first person and said something like this. Take just a little piece. <laughs> what would you have said? <laughs> Take a little piece, little piece. I said a little piece, you pig, what is wrong with you? He gets down to the end of the rope. There's a crumb left in his hand. And right before the person reaches to grab it, this crumb grows. Don't ever forget this. The miracle did not happen in the master's hands. It happened in the disciples' hands. When they obeyed the master. Awesome. I love it. And here's the deal. He brings out some principles that we're going to talk about today. First one is this. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. Now imagine if the disciples tried to give out this food without Jesus blessing it. What would have happened? Nobody, right? Peter would have ate it all. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, would, have, it would have never multiplied the way it needed to multiply if it hadn't been blessed. And that's, what we, that's why it's so important to understand the principle of tithing. Hebrews 7 says that when we tithe, that actually Jesus actually receives our tithes and he himself blesses our finances. That's what Hebrews teaches us. 
And so when we give our tithe, it's not something that is only to keep the lights on at the church and to make church happen. That's certainly part of it. But it's a way that you're showing God like, hey, I am putting you first in my finances. I'm putting you first. I'm putting you in the right order. I'm giving in faith. Why? Because when we do that, God blesses our finances. And so it has to be blessed before it can be multiplied. The second one, this is all I got today. The second one is this. It has to be given away to multiply. It has to be given away before it will multiply. This is where we're gonna focus for a second. In this story, we see this truth play out. If the disciples only had two fish and they had five loaves of bread, but what if they took it to Jesus, they blessed it, and they ate it for themselves? What would have happened? It never would have multiplied. Why? Because things only multiply when we get them out of our hands and we give them away. Why? Because God blesses what we give away. The blessings he gives you are not only for you. The blessing he gives you is not only for you. And so I want to make a distinction today. I want you to understand something. Tithing is not giving, okay? Tithing is returning to God what's already his. So if you feel like you're giving your tithe to the church, you have the wrong mindset about it. No, no, no. That 10% is God's. It is not yours. And so you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. If you let me borrow, uh, Christiana, I have a Dutch oven you let me borrow. I don't have the right to give that away to anybody else. Why? Because it's not mine. I need to return it to Christiana because I've had it for about nine months. But I need to, I can't give something away that doesn't belong to me. You can't give a tithe away. You return a tithe. And so God allows us to return the tithe, but we get to keep the 90 and we get to decide what we're gonna do with that 90. We're gonna get to decide how we steward the rest of the resources that God has given us. And we have to make that decision, what are we gonna do? And certainly, I'm not saying that you need to abandon the needs of your family and to not pay your bills and to not be sure that your family has everything they need, but maybe God might be calling some of you to give out above and beyond your tithe to give something. And it doesn't always have to be at church. Now listen, we'll always receive an offering here. If you wanna give here, we'll certainly put every dollar to work at this church for God's kingdom. I promise you that. We have a team of people we met this week that that is our job is to make sure that we steward these finances well. And actually we do that in a way that we're about to go into our budget planning season for next year. And you know what we do as a church? We, we budget based off of 90% of the previous year's income. So if we got $100,000 in 2022 in giving, next year's budget's gonna be $90,000. Why? Because we wanna be good stewards. We don't ever wanna project growth. We never wanna do that. Why? Because that's not being a good steward of God's finances. I wanna be conservative, and if we have above and beyond, we'll do more. And, but we're gonna steward your finances well here. But listen, it, God, some of you have the gift of giving, by the way. Some of you hear the voice of God differently than some other people. And you hear God say, hey, that family needs $214 and I want you to do it. God gives you numbers like that. Why? Because he's given you the gift of giving and he expects you to be faithful in that. Some of you, you need to understand that when you hold on to money tightly, you can keep it, 
but you can't hold anything else in your hand. And so when we hold money like this, our finances like this, and we freely go, God, this is yours. Whatever you want me to do with this, I'm gonna do it. We're not able, we're not only able to give, but we're also able to receive what God has for us in that. And when you start tithing, when you start giving above and beyond, that's where the fun happens. When you begin to trust God with your finances and not only trust, but follow through and say, God, I don't know how this is gonna work, but I'm trusting you. Can I just be really vulnerable for a second? When Steph and I do 10 bags for this, that's a big thing for us. I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm saying I wanna be the example here and show you like, hey, that's a, that, that's a sacrifice and I'm, I'll gladly do it because I've seen God come through. I know that he's never gonna let us be without. I know that he's gonna provide all of our needs. I know that. And I trust God in that. I know, um, I wanna share this story with you. And I don't think we've ever shared this story before. But this church was started in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know about you guys, but people were given a lot during a pandemic. And we had this dream in our hearts. We were still living in Florida at this time. And uh, we had this dream in our hearts that we wanted to plant this church. And uh, we had gone to an ARC conference. ARC is the organization we planted our church through. We love ARC. And uh, we went to a conference. Steph and I paid our own way to go to this conference, got time off work, went to this conference. And God spoke to Stephanie and I at that conference the same word, but to us separately. And said, I want you to start a church in February or January, February of 2020, uh, and it's going to be in your hometown. And God spoke that to us as individuals, and we talked about it, and we were like, whoa, that's weird, right? And so we decided, all right, we're going to go home. We're going to apply at ARC and see if ARC would accept us in because you have to be accepted into ARC and it's in all that kind of stuff. And they look at your finances. They look at your marriage. They look at your ministry background. They look at your personality. They look at your spiritual gifts. And they assess you in every area of your life so that they know that they can invest into somebody. And so we start, go online. We start the process. And the one of the first questions was, uh, do you have any debt that's in collections? And I'd had a lot of medical debt wrap, uh, rack up in that year. We didn't have the money to pay for it. And we had a couple things in collections at that time. And we were honest and said yes. And a video popped up and said, hey, we're going to put a pause on you right now. I mean, we, it ended before it even began for us. And we were devastated. We had about five grand in medical debt that we needed to take care of before we could even start the application process. And that was like, at that point, felt like a dead end. It was like, God, what are you doing? Like, what? Are you kidding me? And, uh, and what I didn't tell you is at that conference, they took up an offering that's given to uh, church planters. And 100% of that offering goes to church planters like us. And um, we were sitting at that conference and we had felt like God gave us a number and we were going to give $500 out of our personal money uh, to this offering. And so we gave 500 bucks and uh, that was a major faith step for us. We gave 500 bucks and, and we were still tithing at our church, had a great, we we're still doing everything at church. We gave that 500 bucks. We get to there, uh, get home, apply. And then it tells us we had to wait till we settle this medical debt and we do this. I'm like, dang, this is so hard. And so one of my best friends uh, calls me and we're talking and he was like, dude, how did our conference go? I was like, man, it went great. He said, have you started applying yet? And I was like, well, we tried. And then they, they pushed pause on us because we have some medical debt. And, and he goes, well, 
God wanted me to call you and I want to let you know that we're going to pay for your medical debt. That's what, and so you can apply. And the medical debt that we owed was five thousand, was 10 times the amount of what we gave. And that's the thing that my friend gave to us so that we could start this church. And that journey, by the way, we went and paid off our debt in about 90 days. And it was God, I'm telling you, just blessing our socks off. And I'll tell you that story. One, I want you to know, if it wasn't for someone else's generosity in our lives, you would not be sitting in this room right now. And if your marriage is better because you've been going to this church, if your life is better because you've been going to this church, if your family's better because you've been going to this church, if you have found your place because you've been coming to this church, you need to understand that it all started with a gift of generosity. And I'm telling you, you never know what's on the other side of your generosity with somebody. And I'm just telling you, did I receive $5,000? No, that all, God just blessed us with it and it went where it needed to go. But it was a tenfold blessing that God gave us based on the gift that we gave. And that's happened time and time again. Here's another story from this church is uh, when we were first started, we were meeting online only. That's how this church started, ridiculous. <laughs> we, we started our church on the internet. It was weird, and, uh, and but it was a great time. But the thing is, is we the reason why we started online because nobody would let us meet anywhere. We were going to schools and they wouldn't let us in because of COVID and we couldn't, I mean, I couldn't convince somebody to just let us use their space. And so we're like, fine, we'll start our church on the internet and we'll do it that way. And so we did that, but there was something inside of me that was like, Clint, you need to be ready. And uh, whenever a door opens, you need to be ready to walk through the door. And so I went to our financial board who, by the way, none of them are impressed by us. And they tell us no, and I love that about them because it helps protect us. And we went to our board and we had enough money in the bank to buy essentially a church that's shutting down because of COVID in Dallas. And they were selling all of their equipment and their trailer for, I mean, I talked them way down and I got a good deal on all the, I mean, everything we needed to start a church, this church had. Many of the stuff we still use today. And I went to the board and said, hey, this is gonna cost about 35-ish thousand dollars. We have enough in our bank to cover, but that would like depleted everything we had at the time. And they were like, no, you can't because you would have no money left. This is a bad idea. And I'm like, come on, y'all gotta have faith. You know, I'm like, I'm doing the pastor thing and they told me no and I was like, dang, okay, whatever. And then I said, what if we can raise $30,000 in the next 30 days? Would y'all say yes to that? And you could tell, and I love our team, our financial team, hardly any of them are the same now, but they were like, okay, yeah, if you can raise $30,000 in 30 days, Sure, you can you can go buy it. And I was like, deal. And so the next 30 days, we started a campaign called 30 day, 30K in 30 days. And uh, we were trying to raise $30,000 so that we could get this stuff so that when an opportunity came, we could, we could just move. And um, the first 14, 15 days, my thought was, if we get $1,000 a day, that's all I need, $1,000 a day. In the first like 14, 15 days, we're getting $1,000 a day. And I'm like, heck yeah, baby, it's happening. Well, from about day 15 to about day 26, I mean, not a dime. I mean, it just it stopped. Everything dried up and I'm like, man. And I was so discouraged and I was having lunch with a guy um, 
another pastor in town and Stephanie calls me about 700 times in a row. And I'm like, someone better be dead when I answer this phone, you know? And so I answer the phone and she's like, have you looked at our giving statement? I was like, no, someone had given us that I didn't even know an $18,500 donation to our church at this time, which is massive. All right, that was, I mean, I felt like we'd won the lottery. And I'm looking at this, I'm like, I don't even know who this person is and I'm trying to figure this out. And that put us up to the dollar, $30,000, by the way. Their gift was to the dollar, $30,000 of what we needed. And we still had a few days left. And so I'm like crying, it was amazing. And so we figure out who these people are. We call them, we're like, thank you so much. Y'all have no idea. Like, and we told them the story. And here's the story they told us. They said, when uh, they had gone to the church we were at before and they said, we read this book called The Blessed Life. Justin, you got it, brother. You're here, listen. I'm not expecting you to do what they did, by the way. <laughs> Unless the Lord's calling you, my friend. I'm joking. No, but they said, we read the book, The Blessed Life, and we decided we're going to tithe off of every increase we get. They just sold their home, and they got way more than they thought they would for it, and they decided they were going to break off the tithe of their home and give 5% to our church and 5% to something else, and that was 5% of what they had given. And so they sent that to us and we were like, Dad, thank you so much. Like, that is amazing. We let them know what we're gonna be doing. And then a few days later, they gave the other half to us. And not only that, so God raised in 30 days at this church, it was almost $60,000 so that we could buy what we needed so we could move whenever we needed to move. And it all started because someone decided, hey, I'm gonna tithe. I'm gonna put God first. And I'm telling you, I believe God's blessed them immensely. What does God want to do through you that he's only gonna do through you? Well, I don't know if I can afford it. Well, there's definitely, there's two, there's two sides of the train tracks. There's wisdom and there's faith. And we gotta operate somewhere in the middle a lot of times. But maybe God's asking you to take a faith step. Maybe God's been putting something in your heart or maybe you're in here just like Steph and I were. We were newly married, man. We didn't think we could afford to tithe. Well, guess what? You can't. You can't afford not to tithe. And I'm telling you, you, when you start to tithe, your finances begin to get blessed. And I'm telling you, crazy stuff just happens. And God makes sure that you have everything that you need. And when we give above and beyond that, God will bless you for it. It might not be in the area of finances. It might not be you, not, 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 might not be you receiving dollars and cents, but it might be God saying, hey, I'm gonna meet this need. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make sure you got what you need. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open that door for you. You're gonna get blessed because that's what God does and that's what God's word teaches us. So I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes today. And the response time today is this. What is God speaking to you through this message? Ask yourself, how am I honoring God with my finances? Am I bringing God the first fruits? Or am I giving him the leftovers? Am I following through when God asked me to do something generous? What's God speaking to you right now? I think God is speaking to people in this room right now and he's trying to get you to be generous. And I'm not just talking about an Oasis church. God might lay a family on your heart. God might lay a need that you know about with your coworker on your heart right now. God might, he might be speaking something to you and it makes no sense to you, but I would just say this, follow him, do it and see what God does. 
it would be so sad if you were tithing and your finances were blessed, but you weren't sharing that blessing with anybody. What could God do with your blessed finances? Think about what would, what could God do through you? Maybe one of those things we talked about last week that our church wants to do, or maybe one of the things you want to do, maybe that could be accomplished because of your giving. And so God, I pray that you would give us the boldness to follow through with what you're asking us to do in this moment. God, I pray that you would, uh, boldness is just the word I'm feeling, God. I pray you give us boldness. I pray you help us trust you and understand that you will come through. You, you, we can't outgive you. And so God, I pray you help us take our next step of obedience when it comes to giving, God. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God a hand, everybody.